Be inspired by the best sales professionals, sales leaders, and coaches in the world of B2B sales. From IT services, medical devices, through to coaching and consulting companies, these principles will help you accelerate your sales performance and growth. Using models from the best-selling book, Inspire, Influence, Sell, and award-winning programs from Focus for Growth, you'll have the inside track on the psychology, skills, and systems used by the world's best sales teams. We'll hear from some of the best sales leaders from some of the fastest-growing businesses in the world. They don't achieve record-breaking growth by chance. They have a proven sales and leadership approach and a laser focus on growth. You can hear exactly how they do it, one conversation at a time. This is the Inspire Sales Podcast, and I'm your host, Justin Lee. Welcome to this episode of the Inspire Sales Podcast. Today, we have an incredible guest, Janice B. Gordon. Janice is the host of the Scale Your Sales Podcast and has decades of experience in sales, customer success, leading sales teams and managing her own business and of course her podcast. This episode we talk not only about Janice's career but also some principles for how Janice manages business, manages her life and stays motivated. It's a really, really cracking episode. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, So without further ado, let's jump straight in. Huge thank you for joining me on today's Inspire Sales podcast. Janice, welcome to our discussion today. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, No, pleasure's all mine, Janice. Uh, First of all, Janice, for anybody who's been uh, perhaps hiding away and hasn't seen either seen you or heard from you, would you mind just giving us uh, an introduction to who you are, what you do? Yes, thank you. Um, My name is Janice B. Gordon. Now, don't forget the B because I'm the only one in Google, Uh, also known as the customer growth expert. Now, I'm recognised by LinkedIn Sales as one of 15 innovating sales influencers uh, to follow. I'm also one of the top 50 global thought leaders and influencers in customer experience and like one of 150 B2B women thought leaders. Uh, I'm an international speaker, consultant, educator, and facilitator, and author of Business Evolution, Creating Growth in a Rapidly Changing World, and co-author of Heels to Deals, How Women Are Dominating B2B Sales. You know, I started selling when I was 15. I didn't really understand you know, there was a um, a industry around how how to to sell, mm. um, but it was kind of needs must and entrepreneurial. But I really started my my proper sales training in the nineteen nineties. And uh, Justin, you've been on my podcast, Scale Yourselves, and we were yes. talking about you know back in the day and everything. So I was in uh, financial services, uh, and you know I remember doing stand up cold calling on a Tuesday, so we had to be in before eight o'clock and then on a Tuesday at seven o'clock I hated Tuesdays I really wow. did hate, hate that um but you know it's where I learned how to sell the traditions of how to sell if yeah. we kind of fast forward I did um Cranfield at MBA around um 2000 and moved 
more into a COO role working uh, in uh, construction industry and everything, and uh-huh. then moved into customer experience as a consultant for um, a customer cons- experience agency. Yeah. And this is where it completely, so I'd had a good kind of 12 years experience in sales, yes. uh, traditional sales. But when I went into customer experience, it really changed my perspective around selling and you know scale yourself framework which is what i work with now and i'm sure that will come out later yes. on yes so for the last 30 years like you where i'm long in the tooth <laughs> uh, i've worked in sales uh customer experience and leadership and i help uh companies unleash hidden potential to accelerate revenue growth by closing the gap in their people their processes and the customer growth strategies Wow. You, there, there's some experience there, Janice. And, you know, for, for all of the achievements that you've had, you know, the, the, the book writing, the recognition, the key clients, I, I, I know how much hard work has gone into that and how many years uh, of experience. And, you know, when you say experience, it's always the, the, the tried and tested methods, the things that work, the things that don't work, you know, that, that joy journey, I was going to say voyage and journey, the journey of discovery as you start to really refine your approach. It's it's really amazing. We are going to dig deep into some of these topics. And when you start to think about, you know, you made that transition from sales into kind of customer experience, customer success. You prior to that, you obviously had a lot of experience of growing sales I'd love to hear, you know, in your sales roles, I, I, you said you talked about stand up sales. Did you say stand up? Did you say stand up sales? Uh, no, no, that would be nice. It's, you know, comedy club stand up sales. Yeah, that's what I thought. Maybe yeah. not to do something. No, when it, when I was cold calling, we had to stand up cold calling. So that was on, <laughs> on my Tuesdays, really. You know, so I was doing stand up selling kind of thing. Yeah. Cold calling. Um, wow. Yeah. So um, what were you going to ask me <laughs> No, so so what? So I'm, I'm going to take that nugget actually for anybody who's in a sales role today who perhaps hasn't heard about that theory. Tell us about the stand-up piece. What? Why was that important? What is that? And is that something that you, as you look back, you recognise that standing up and doing that was important? I'm standing up now. You know, so when, I. when I do presentations, mm. you know, to an audience, yes. I'm standing up. And it's, I think it's really interesting about perspective, you know, so I was in Lithuania in May and I was speaking at a sales conference and there's like 2000 people in, in the audience. And when I look at the pictures now, I'm absolutely tiny. It was such a massive auditorium. But nevertheless, when I came out and was speaking to people over, you know, lunch and, um, and whatever, yes, people wanted to speak to me. I was the thought leader, the person with knowledge, because I had shared that. Mm. So there's a different dynamic in yourself and the perception of other people. Not You don't have to be on a big stage. Even now, the fact that our energy is different, we're mm. projecting differently. So when you're standing up, selling your you, you know your you're coming across more confidently and uh, you're able to project your your ideas and, and thoughts better you can use your body it, uh, as well and especially we're in this kind of like little screen here so i think it's more important to stand at them when you're in the room because you actually need to put your body and your expression behind what what you're saying well I do anyway really uh, yeah I'm, I'm I'm glad you explained it like that Janice I have exactly the same 
principle and same experience. So if ever I'm on a call with a customer, I tend to stand. And, I, and I've partly that's habitual because it's happened over time. But I found that it, the energy is different. The way that you think and feel is different. It's almost your ability to react and respond is that much more enhanced. If anybody's listening and they're in sales roles and you're, you're spending a lot of time seated, I'd really encourage you to you know practice this. Yeah. Have a have a go at uh, standing for some sales conversations and see what difference it makes. Uh, but obviously, there was you know early in your career, your organisation, the company you were working for at the time, recognised the importance of being standing when you were having those conversations on a Tuesday. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. So, so Janice, tell us in terms of growing sales, then you know gr- growing businesses, whether that be the business you're working for or your clients. What, what's your experience of growing sales? Um. So growing, my experience is twofold. So yeah. when we think of traditional sales, my experience of growing sales is counting numbers. That's traditional sales. You know, how many yeah. calls did you did? How many meetings did you have? And all of that. And mm. I'm not saying that's unimportant. Fast forward where we are now, that doesn't necessarily get you more sales. There's no humanity in that, really. And so you can have a successful seller that has less calls, less meetings, but actually lands bigger deals. So, you know, what does that say? So is it in the numbers? No, it's not. It's actually part of it's in the relationships and part of it's actually understanding the environment your customers, your buyers are in and what's important to them. And I very much talk about it's not so much about pain points. And I hate these words. And I'm, you know, what keeps them up at night? You know, kind of like, forget that. It's really, that is very kind of marketing um, speak and and one of those throwaway um, sentences, really, that doesn't really mean very much. But what I'm talking about is understanding your customer's business and being a valid and valuable partner to to that that business. What are they really trying to achieve? How are they trying to achieve it? Who are the customer customers? What what are the trends in 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 their environment? What are the goals you know for for the company? And mm. then what are the immediate problems that they're trying to um, resolve? Who are the key decision makers? All of this information that you need to have and much of that information, you don't even need to speak to the customer. So when we're doing discovery and we're asking them a thousand questions, this is just laziness on on our side as as salespeople. So, you know, what I'm seeing in, in sales is that the great salespeople do the research understand the customer's environment and actually take more of consultative approach Mm. in not wanting to push and sell a product but really wanting to help the customer to move to the next stage whether that means it's a sale or whether it means that they're able to go into their company and have a conversation about how to save costs or how to move on to the next stage Mm. it's interesting that though jazz isn't it because it's it's a delicate balance, isn't it? You know, the research that you do about the customer and the market is really important. You have to be well-informed to be credible, but you also need to make sure you don't make assumptions because, you know, you, you will have been in the same situation as me. I'm sure people listening will have done as well, where you do some research, you go and talk to the customer and you say, oh, I saw this on your website. They go, oh, that's out of date, actually. We know that's not part of what we do anymore. You go, oh, that's interesting. So it's that it's that balance, isn't it, between 
being well enough informed so that you are credible in the conversation, but having the right approach so that you're asking the right questions, being interested enough in the customer and what they're really trying to achieve beyond your you know, area of specialty in the sale that you know, you're trying to make. Because at the end of the day, we are all trying to make sales, right? But, but from the customer's perspective, what's most important to them is their business and resolving you know, issues that they might be facing or, or, or goals and you know, objectives that they're trying to achieve. So, it, I mean, I'd be interested in your perspective on that, that balance. Yeah, and, you know, you're absolutely right. You do your research, but you've got mm. to validate it, haven't you? You say, yes. you know, like, I, I, I saw this or I read this or I went to a conference and this is what I heard Janice B. Gordon say. Is this relevant to you? So, you you know, but it's based upon something that you you see. And yes, you, you do need to qualify it. And mm. you may be introducing new things. Oh, really? What did she say? What what was that about? And then, and then you get into a natural conversation where you're actually yeah. sharing ideas ideas well you know and that is more consultative as opposed to when I was in the 1990s and I did all the fact finding and questioning my questions were to lead people to my my product that's Mm. what my questions were you know and that's how I I was trained leading leading the witness your honor (laughs) I am I am leading the witness purposely in the customer the thing is at that point the customer's didn't realize what I was doing yeah customers are so much more informed now buyers are so much they've heard it all before and they you know and it really does you a disservice if you're still on that track I do meet traditional sellers that are still on that track and they all say to me well it worked for me in the past so I'm going to stick with it. And so it's like, da, 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 I don't want to kind of like see what's going on in the world and how things are changing. It's just like people do not want to um, sell virtually. Well, you're limiting your market because it doesn't matter what you want. It matters what your customers want. And the, all of the stats are actually saying that um, buyers now do not want to interact with salespeople um, and they're further down the decision making line um, when they do want to interact and they do not want you to pull them back into a fact find. They just want to get what they want in order to move on to the next stage. So you've got to be very much more sophisticated in your questioning to find out exactly what information they already have and mm. what do they need to move on to the next stage as opposed to get them into your sales process because they don't want to be there. Yeah, that's really interesting, that, isn't it? That perhaps, you know, the the seller, a salesperson, is further back in the process in terms of where the buyer actually is because they've got that much more information, they're that, that much better informed nowadays. And understand that understanding and orientation of where's the buyer in their process and meet them where they are, not where you think you should be. Yeah, that's really that's really interesting. I like that, Janice. Uh, that kind of it's interesting because it kind of is like a misconception. I'd love to hear. You know, is there a common misconception you see either with clients or you experience in the market re- regarding sales that you kind of disagree with? And, and what's your perspective on it? Oh, I've got a, a, a few. I mean, one of my. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't expect any less, would you? Just no, I wouldn't. <laughs> okay right so um uh so there is there is yeah we can come back to it there is some in terms of you know what buyers expect and what they get in terms of 
um, I think, is it Gartner or Forrest? I think it's Gartner did some, some research and uh, what the, um, the buyers uh, said about the experience that they got mm. uh, and the buyers said that it was probably 8% that they were eight percent satisfied with the buying experience, yeah. and then when you talk to the sellers, they said that you know they thought that they delivered an experience that was around eighty <laughs> percent. So wow. the you know yeah. the misconception as to what you think you're delivering, the impression you think you're giving, the experience you think you're getting, to what actually has been received by the buyers and how they're interpreting it is vast, is absolutely vast, right? So that's one yeah. thing. The other thing Please is the, uh, the language we use. And I've said this before in that, you know, in sales, we're very disrespectful, not only to the customers, but within our own teams and the language we use. And I remember those, you know, guru, sales guru. Um, I was having a conversation about being on the sales podcast and, and they came back and said, you know, how are you crushing sales, right? You know, or, or killing it. I hope you're killing it. I mean, all of this real macho language. And I wrote back, you know, imagining my little voice. Um, I'm not killing anything today or tomorrow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you for asking. And then they kind of caught themselves and said, oh, 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 sorry, you know, kind of I didn't, you know, mean it like that. But we just throw out this language, you know, mm. whether it's, you know, in our recruitment, we say, you know, you want someone that's crushing sales and all of that. Well, you know, I very much talk about diversity in sales and actually how that helps us to sales and by the way women are the better sellers you know that's a uh, statistically correct is um, it so so st the the evidence shows that women are more effective 11 uh, uh, that women are 11 percent uh, more likely to close deals than their male counterparts yeah but there's other evidence that's just one of, of several to to kind of back that up but yeah, yeah. exactly yeah 11% more likely to close a deal. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But there's other language like close. Where, I mean, I, I talk about the buyer experience the prior to the customer experience. But mm. when we use language like closing a sale, closing, mm. we're actually we're opening a relationship. We're not mm. closing anything. And just words have power the words that we use have real meaning mm. so you're telling internally people that this is the end this is the end once we've done the sale it's the end this is mm. closing something off well actually in realist realistically it's not the end it's the beginning so we mm. need to start to interrogate the language we use within our teams when we're talking about our customers leads leads I mean, the people, prospects, prospects, mm. you know, all of these language that we use, they've got, yeah. when we, when if we were taking them out of the sales environment and put them into another environment, people would think that we're crazy, we're brutal, we're inhumane. Yeah. They would, wouldn't they? But it's quite it's, disrespectful, isn't it? The language is quite disrespectful. Very disrespectful. So yeah. the misconception is that, you know, around 
the language we use is okay. It's mm -hmm. not okay. It's not respectful, even within our teams, and especially when we're referring to our customers. And I would like to see us change that. And guess what? When we change it in terms of our language, when we're recruiting, then that's going to bring in more of a diverse people that think, okay, I can sign up to that. I get that. Mm -hmm. I want to be part of that. This is a culture that, you know, I really want to be a part of. Mm. Do you know, it's really interesting you say that, Janice, a lot of that language would turn people off. Even, you know, if I think about being a customer or a client of somebody's and being referred to as a lead or a prospect, it, it, you know, if you put yourself in the position of the customer, it doesn't sound very respectful, does it? And actually starting to talk about prospective clients and strengthening relationships. I completely agree I, that that term closing the sale, I always refer to it as gaining commitment to move forward because it feels like it's a, it's the start of a journey rather than the end of a journey. You're absolutely right. But some of that language is interesting. I mean, I, I had um, was working with a client team recently. I think you'll, you'll completely relate to this as well. And we were talking about um, their their sales team. So I was working with the, with the sales management group. We were talking about their team and how they were um, struggling with some of the questioning and listening and trying to really discover what's the, what's, what's the customer's core need. And, as they were talking about it, they were saying, yeah, the team are really struggling with the pitching. And I kind of said, when you say pitching, what do you mean? They said, well, the questioning and listening and understanding the customer's needs. I said, and I, I was kind of said, well, yeah, but you're calling it pitching. <laughs> pitching is not anything like questioning or listening or, or understanding the customer's needs. In fact, it's quite the opposite. The idea you get in your head is yeah. I'm going to go in and talk at somebody. And it's really interesting. The, and there was a huge disconnect in the language that was being used related to, relative to what they actually were trying to achieve with a customer so it's you, you you've got exactly the same experience some of these names and terms just don't facilitate or, or help people to really identify with what they're trying to achieve exactly you know you mm. can imagine a leader in that situation mm. talking about you know pitching the sale and so they may have said listening and they may have said questioning but the the uh seller the sales professional goes to the customer and what do they do? They're pitching. They're talking Pitch. at because that's what they've been told to do. They're not going yes. to pick up on all those little nuances. So it's really important that we start to investigate the language we use because someone mm. is going to interpret it as you just told me to pitch. What's yeah. the problem? <laughs> yeah. 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 Why are you now? Why are you now giving me a different instruction? Yeah. It's, yes. so, it's so important that clarity. Yeah. And and I, I find that a lot. I'm sure you do as well. But you get you you get these mixed messages where people people need that clarification. I think it's um you know Seth Godin who says you know a closed uh, or sort of confused mind says no. Yeah. So the minute you start confusing your people or you're confusing your customers, they're much more likely to either shut down or start you know putting in barriers or, or defensiveness in in the face of what what you're trying to achieve. So we have to get clarity right at the beginning of what what is it we're trying to achieve how do we make sure that everybody's clear on that and that the language supports it such an important such an important uh, principle i think you're that's absolutely right justin mm. and you know like just understanding how our brains work how much information we can retain so when you give people more than three options mm. and you know if you're asking more than three questions then that you know, we can't cope with that in our brains because it's, mm. is it the first one, the second one or what, whatever. Um, and so my, my mentor uh, said to me, and there's a famous quote from somebody, but you know, you only need to ask three questions to get the, all the information you need. 
the onus is on, uh, and I do training of salespeople around this, the onus is on salespeople to construct their questions so well that it has clarity mm. and it's succinct enough, but it actually gives you the information you want. So, of course, it needs to be an open question, but it mm. you know, needs to be a, what I call a strategic searching question. So you will write it down and hone it and hone it and hone it. And then mm. you'll be able to deliver it with clarity. And there'll be a flood of information that comes out of that if you choose your words carefully. But if mm. you ask people 10 questions or 20 questions, they get bored and they think this will never end. And they answer the question briefly mm. because they know there's going to be another question. But if you actually... <laughs> only have you say look I've only got three questions for you um and I'm going to ask you these three subjects and you've constructed it so it's an open answer that comes back Mm -hmm. and you say I always tell people ask permission to record the answer just so that I can focus on you rather than transcribing your answer and I know we have um you know call all of that um call monitors and everything like that but sometimes Mm. if you're in front of somebody just say do you mind me because I know that you're going to give me a full response do you mind me just recording your your response so I can take it back to my my team's complaints all of these things you want it recorded so you can share it with your product teams and everyone else so they Mm. think oh this is exactly what the customer is saying or the buyer this is the words they use to describe the problem the problem they're having with you, the problem they're having internally, they're, you know, the problem with the product, the service, all of it. You want to get exactly the words they're using. Because remember, I said words have power. So yes. the words they're using is the words you will also use to either in your marketing material, because customers get that, mm. or in your success stories or in your your teams this is the language you should be using it's just the customer's language yeah wow very good and i completely agree what if you would if you're advising people to do that janice do you have a do you have a particular piece of tech they use or an app they use to record that uh, response from a customer well there are you know like that there are so many even even now you know like on on um phantom uh you know like there's so many apps you know mm. on zoom where that records conversations and yes and, and, and calls um and you know there's so many companies that 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 have um that and a lots of lots of sales team do but if you're face to face i mean you know you've got a phone use yeah. your phone yeah. you know and yeah. even now on the phones when you you record it you can just get it transcribed and email it to and emails to you the transcription yeah. It's yeah. so clever, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I, it's interesting. There's a couple of pieces of uh, AI that I'm using at the moment that I've found quite useful. The, the one on, on Zoom, there's a product called Fathom. Which oh, that's is not a, Phantom, Fathom. Yeah, Fathom. Fathom. Yeah, Fathom. Fathom. So if anybody's interested, Fathom will record your Zoom conversations and it will transcribe it. And so you'll get a summary afterwards. It's really, it's a really useful piece of tech. If you're in front of a customer, um, there's a product called Otter AI, O-T-T-E-R, like the animal. Um, the great thing about Otter, this is, I'm not promoting it, but I, but I use it, is that not only can you use it with customers, but you can use it if you've got, if you're in the middle of something and you think, oh, I just need to capture a thought, you can talk into Otter, it will record the 
uh, the actual voice note and it will then transcribe it and you can email it to yourself and do all that stuff it's just so useful and it's completely free of charge i think you get 300 minutes a month free of charge so it's the, you know these these different pieces of tech that are now evolving are so useful in he- helping us to guide you know our thinking customer thinking c- clarifying capture information really accurately it's su- such a, a great way to to evolve your sales approach so yeah yeah great tips there janice thank you and so and- what you said about assumption you you mentioned that you know we assume a lot don't we we do if you're mm. recording recording what other people are saying you can't get away with assumptions you know no I got a really great tip mm. yesterday. Um, uh, this was from C- Tom Castley. Cass- we were both on a webinar uh, together. Oh, yeah. This is brilliant. This is not mine, but I'm using it. And what he says that you need to record your conversations. We've got yeah. that. But yeah. then you put it in chat GTP um, or, and it will analyze the customer's questions. So sometimes we are not aware that there was a question in the customer's dialogue, but you get chat GTP in order to analyze the questions. So there's lots of hidden questions. And what happens is that you realize actually there were seven hidden queries and questions. When you look and analyze that, you can then see this is what there were three questions around risk. Mm. So now I know this is what's important to the customer. Sometimes we're listening for what information we want to hear, but we're not actually listening for what information there is there. So if we get an independent party to analyze that transcription and tell us what was really there, then Mm -hmm. we can actually start to see what's important to the customer, the, the customer sentiment. Wow. Yeah, I, I know Tom as well. He's a really good guy, actually. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll, he's I'll, brilliant. Yeah, I must catch up. I really like the idea of that, recording the conversation, putting it into chat, GPT, and analysing those questions for themes or things that we're missing. Because you're right, we'll, we have our own preferences and interpretations, and sometimes that blinkers us to what's actually being said or being expressed by the customer. Yeah, I really like that. And it's interesting because I'm using chat, GPT, a different way but i talked about otter ai when i create articles and content i will record it on otter ai then take the 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 kind of bulk text put it into chat gpt and, and ask chat gpt to structure it as an article and it's all those different things that you can start to use ai just a shortcut and, and improve your efficiency and your your you know your time as a, as a seller or a business person it's so important to find these nuances because if you're still doing things the long way around yeah actually this is a way to really speed up your processing and start to get some of those insights i, I love that thanks for sharing that janice really good really good so to janice uh, you shared some great stuff so far um if you think back in your career uh, i'm interested i, I this is a question i ask myself uh, uh, quite a bit actually what advice would you give uh, your younger self the younger janice starting out um <clears throat> So my uh, I was when I was 15, you know, we all had those careers advisors and my careers advisors said that I wasn't intelligent enough to do A levels. Wow. And so I it was a bit of a knockback, but I still did A levels. I just had to go between two different schools because that meant he blocked me going into the sixth form. Um, And, you know, I've got a Cranfield MBA and probably more qualified than than he is. But, you know, uh, so the advice that I would give my myself and, you know, eventually I found my way uh, that 
and I spoke about this in my um, when I did a TEDx, is that the advice that other people give you is based upon their historic experience. Mm -hmm. Now, this was, you know, a, a man that had no idea of my life and my experience, mm -hmm. but yet he was giving me advice. Well, he was assessing me based on my color, but, you know, he was, you know, there are often people in your life, so especially when you're younger and they're older people, even your parents that want to keep you safe and love you, right? Mm -hmm. Everything else, people are doing is sharing their experience when they're advising you but mm. the experience is based on their historic life experiences now I'm kind of planning something or I've got an aspiration or I'm saying I want to do this this is based on my future self and what often happens even our parents that may love us they want to keep us safe and they you know they're we're all scared of the unknown so yeah. here I am going out into the future and I'm now taking someone's advice that's based on their historic experience about how I should go out into the future. So what I would say to myself yeah. is to understand that it, people's advice is based on their historic experience. And then if their life plan or life history has nothing to do with yours, the advice they give has nothing to do with you as well. So do not take people's advice and use that as your your source of information going forward. I yeah, really wow. I it's it's just that I know that there's a lots of things that stopped me in my path because mm. I thought or I was given the impression that they knew better. Mm. But when you understand where advice is coming from, you realize actually no one knows better. No advice is about advising you about something in the future and the present, but how no one can see into a crystal ball. So mm. no one really knows. No. So now I understand that. And I kind of share that with a lot of people. It's almost a freeing to just do what you think. Mm. There isn't a right or a wrong. You've just got to go out, be brave and just do it. And then by doing it, you'll know. So I really, I really wished I had that release and that freedom and not have the hang ups to think, oh, this person said I shouldn't, should I? And the battle with myself. And I really do believe I probably would have been further ahead, um, you know, had I not had all of those barriers that were holding me back because they're placed in my head they're little yeah. seeds in my head mm. so yeah that that's what I would say to my younger self and that's what I say to younger people now um to realize where that advice is coming from and you know thank you um mm. I choose to refuse uh much of it and accept little of it wow it's so so interesting that isn't it that because you're right it's that it's that person's experience it's also their limitations of their own beliefs and and their own plans going forward if somebody has a you know a, a plan for themselves in the future that you know is incremental or is you know restricted they will project that onto other people because and, and not not for anything other than that then it's their view of the world so that's what they believe and if someone believes something then it's really difficult for them to 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 be able to communicate or articulate anything else other than that and they're projecting their beliefs onto you you're absolutely right it's such an important um principle to to understand in our lives isn't it and uh, I, I mean kudos to you Janice to having had that experience and 
then having made those investments in yourself, recognizing that you have greater capability than that and going on to achieve, you know, a lot of things that you that you felt were important for you. Um, and who knows, right? The future from here on in this, there's still so much more that you're you're going on to do, right? Absolutely. Do you know what? When when I pop my clogs, I want to be completely wrung out. I really do believe <laughs> that we're here you know like I'm, I'm not sure about purpose being the big bang whatever but you know we're all here for a reason our dna mm. says that we're uniquely different and so we have to give it all away give everything away all of us as soon as you get knowledge that knowledge is useless unless you share it mm. share the knowledge give it away be absolutely wrung out you know use and abuse your your body i mean you've got to look after it say it lasts but you <laughs> know like you've got to be absolutely ready to go and run it completely wrung out because you've given everything away you've shared the knowledge you've experienced as much in in life you've really kind of like taken yourself to the limit uh, mentally physically everything and mm. I think that's why why we're here so yeah I'm coming up to a significant um birthday and I am gonna have so much fun honestly I'm literally gonna be outrageous because I've got permission <laughs> to do it and you know like and I just urge everyone to kind of live their life life to the full and just give it all away because it's, yeah, wow. it's pointless keeping it and saving it and you know all of that and enjoy it yeah well you look great for 21 Janice you've achieved <laughs> a lot you've achieved a lot at your young age well done <laughs> thank you for that Justin you you can come again <laughs> Brilliant. Hey, I mean, I've really enjoyed this conversation, uh, Janice. Final question. Uh, You know, the climate at the moment, the economic climate is really interesting. Some businesses, some teams are thriving. Others are starting to feel that tightening in the market. The economic cycle seems to be changing. You know, we're hearing a lot about uh, pressure on consumers, you know, uh, and and spending and and all sorts and interest rates are increasing. You know, it's, it's a difficult time, I think, certainly in the UK market and other and other markets are starting to feel that same pressure. As we go through those more difficult times, what well, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you motivate yourself uh, and your team through those more difficult, challenging uh, periods. I think you know, like when we, uh, I don't listen. Pandemic, I stopped listening to to news and it's, you know, I'll get a little tidbit, but if I want information, I go looking for it. So rather Mm. than have all of that negativity on tap and including social media, I don't have any alerts, notifications when I want something, I have to go in and and look for it. So I think Mm. focus, it's really important to to focus on what's important to you and and to you know kind of have that really clear goal so goal for the year a goal for you know the day as well mm. there's and and that is kind of like focus on the one thing what is the one thing i want to uh, achieve today so that's what mm. i say to my teams what is the one thing that you want to achieve today every once you've done that one thing you're going to feel great and you're probably going to do two or three or four things, but you'll feel great about your day. And that one thing is like, is this going to help me achieve my overall goal? Is it move just like your customers? I said, you only want mm. to give them enough information to move them on to the next stage. So is this going to do enough to move me on one step further closer to my goal? I'm not wasting my time on things that are not going to help me to achieve those goals. So you've got to have clarity around that. I remember mm. listening to a 
um, with, um, uh, listening to Oprah and um, Trevor Noah asked her, with all the people that you've interviewed, um, what is the one thing, you know, that creates the success? And she said they all have a burning goal and real clarity around what that is. And that's what we all need. What is your key thing? And you measure everything against that. Will this move me forward? And what's the one thing I'm going to do today to help me move, move forward? So regardless of what's happening in the world, you know what? Buyers still need to buy, right? So we can get hung up about, you know, the interest rates and what's happening with the economy, but buyers still need to buy. You know, we still yes. need to go out and do, you know, live our lives. So it might be that the the um, decision-making teams are larger. It might be the process, the sales cycle is 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 longer. It, but the thing is, at the end of the day, they still need to buy. So mm. the onus is on you to focus on, you know, what is the the most compelling, the most uh, priority need and how you can help them fulfill that need. So mm. whether it's within me, within my team, or what I may be doing for um you know asking sales team to do for their customers is exactly the same it's understanding what your customer's key goal is and helping them to do the one thing that's going to enable them to move forward so you can still use this same process with your customers by getting them to focus and to have clarity mm. I really like that. Yeah. So you're kind of cutting out the noise and really focusing in on what's the priority for the customer? What's the priority for you? And how do you stay on track to achieve that one single really important goal? Because that's what's going to keep you energized, motivated and moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, you know like, I think the overriding thing in terms of my personality, if it's not fun, if I'm not doing if I'm not enjoying it, I'm not doing it. Mm. life is too short so but within that okay what i am doing i'm being focused yeah 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 <laughs> and it's it's interesting because i think as you get a bit more experience in life it becomes a bit easier to make those choices and say actually i'm, I'm only going to do the things that i that really light me up that i really enjoy and anybody listening that's perhaps thinking, yeah, that would be a nice position to be in, you know, just it's interesting. If you start to make those decisions, it's amazing how that becomes a way of thinking. And, and actually, you can start to achieve the things that you enjoy and are important for you and, and people around you. So, yeah, really good insight, really nice kind of way to, to close our conversation today, Janice. Janice, thanks so much for joining me. And uh, just before we finish, I'd love to kind of just direct listeners to some of your resources so absolutely check out janice uh, janice's podcast scale your sales podcast obviously i've been on but janice has some amazing guests on there uh, janice where else can people find you where's the best place to to kind of connect with you or, or get in touch yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn, Janice B. Gordon. Yeah, yeah, make sure you, when you connect, you say that you listen to uh, uh, myself and, and Justin on yeah. um, uh, the podcast. Um, yeah, so because obviously on LinkedIn, you get a lot of people, you know, that connect and sell. So it's great to yes. know the source. Um, source. So yeah, LinkedIn is the best source or scaleyourselves.co.uk uk website which is where yeah. you'll find the podcast and for speaking my name janicebgordon.com 
Fantastic. Janice, thanks so much for sharing your experience so openly with our listeners today. And thanks for, for, for just being, you know, such a great person. I really, really enjoy our conversations. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Thanks for joining us today and wishing you every success and your clients every success in the future. Thank you. I've loved it. Pleasure. Thanks, Janice. Take care. Genuine thanks for listening to the Inspire Sales Podcast. We hope you enjoy learning some of the most cutting-edge sales techniques and getting close to some of the greatest sales leaders in the world now and in the future. If you'd like to explore further, please feel free to visit our website, focusforgrowth.co.uk. And if you'd like to take our Sales Acceleration Scorecard and discover your sales and influencing score, then check out the show notes for the link in the bio. If you have enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button. If you know people in your sales and leadership network that you think would like to listen to, then please share this episode with them. I'd be very grateful. If you'd like to get in touch with me, please feel free to do so. If you have suggestions for further guests, or if you'd like to appear yourself, please contact me or my team. You can connect with me. I'd love to hear from you. My social profiles are in the show notes, and I look forward to being with you on the next episode. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.